Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Word Podcast. We continue going through the Gospel of John today. If We're in John 17. And remember, this is Jesus's prayer unto the Father. It's at the end of his life when he's here on earth. The disciples are there with him. I suspect they were hearing this very prayer right here, okay? There's debate as to where Jesus was when he said this. Some people believe he's still in the upper room because what we're going to see later on in John 18, it says, then they got up and left. But Jesus had already said, let us get up and go. And so had they actually got up and gone, are they still in the room? Were they preparing to leave? Uh, I know some commentators believe that they were were walking from one place to the other and that uh, Jesus might have actually been in the temple area when he prayed this right here. We simply don't know, okay? We don't know. But we do know that it's in the midst of the same conversation that we've seen in John 13 all the way through John 17. So Jesus is speaking to the Father. We've covered the first 11 verses in the last two or three episodes. So let's pick up verse 12. Jesus says this, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given to me. So just to set the context again, Jesus is saying, while I was with them, the disciples, I, Jesus, kept them, the disciples, in your, as God the Father, in your name, which you have given me. And Jesus reiterates that several times, that those who believe in him were those that were given to him by the Father. We continue verse 12. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The son of perdition, the son of destruction, and that's speaking of Judas. And he's praying that right now before Judas finishes doing everything, before it all goes down. He's already... uh, uh, left, he's already cut the deal with the religious rulers to hand Jesus over to them, but it was still a work in action right here. But Jesus is declaring before God the Father that he's lost. Look what it says. I have guarded them, and not, uh, not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. Well, how is it that Jesus is Jesus and God is God, and yet they lost one? Well, no, they didn't lose one. What does it say here? That the scriptures might be fulfilled. It was prophesied. It was prophesied that one would turn their back on the Christ. And that's what Judas did. Then Jesus continues, verse 13. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming to you, Father, and I'm speaking these things right here. Remember what Jesus said, and he says in this chapter, that he only spoke the things the Father told him to speak. He only did the things that the Father told him to do. He said, I'm speaking these things right now in the world. I'm speaking them while I'm here in their corporeal presence. And the reason I'm doing it is that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. They're about to walk through one of the most horrific times, and they're still not They still don't know exactly what it's going to be. Jesus did. They're about to walk through a day when Jesus is killed, he's crucified, and he's buried. They're about to walk through three days and three nights of not knowing what's going to happen. 
And then at the end of that time, they're going to receive word from the ladies that his body is gone and that some of them have seen Jesus alive. They're about to go through things that they couldn't even imagine, even though they didn't have to imagine it because Jesus had told them that these things were going to happen. But then I love these things because he, he said this several times in several different ways in these passages, John 13 through 17, that the reason he's telling this stuff in advance is that, that his joy would be with them, that his joy would be fulfilled in themselves, that they would remember what he'd said and they would believe. So verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So you see what Jesus did. He gave them the word that the Father gave him to give them. And he says, guess what? The world's reacted to them in the same way. The world hated them because they're not of this world anymore in the same way that I am not of the world. And then Jesus uh, asked something by not asking. Okay, verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So Jesus is speaking to the Father, and he's saying this. He said, now, Father, I'm not asking that you take them totally out of the world, that they be sequestered away somewhere while they finish out the rest of their life in this body, or that you take them to your presence now. No, I'm not asking that, because I, I know they need to be in the midst of the world. They're going to be the salt, okay? He said, I don't ask you to do that, but I ask that you keep them from and then the New American Standard, the ESV, and the Lexham all say that you protect them and keep them from the evil one. But the New American Standard has that in italics. ESV and the Lexham don't. That word one, and so it's sort of like what the King James says. King James says that thou shouldest keep them from the evil, from the evil. But the idea is that uh, <coughs> the evil one, maybe Satan himself that, Lord, you keep them from that. Then Jesus reiterates this truth that he just said, verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus is asking the Father to sanctify, which to, means to make them holy, to consecrate them, to hallow them. The, the make them holy in the truth. And then he just forthrightly declares that your word is truth. You want to know why so many professing portions of the body of Christ are in the, uh, can I say, condition that they're in today, in the situations they're in today, whether it be an individual church or a group of churches, denomination, affiliation, whatever. It's because of this right here is that they have denied the truth. They have denied the sanctification of the Lord, the fact that the Lord will grow us in holiness and in righteousness because they've rejected the truth. It says, your word is truth. You cannot come back and say that you are a believer, and profess to be a believer, profess to be holy, profess to be righteous, and reject the word of God. And huge portions of the body of Christ do that. Even those that say that they believe in the Word of God, even those that profess to be those that follow the Word of God, basically reject the Word of God. Just do this. Just listen to how people teach. Listen to how people preach. 
thing? Are they preaching from the Word of God, or they just use the Word of God as a pretext to go and say whatever they want to? Quite often it'll be, okay, we had our scripture reading right there. Now I'm going to stand up and I'm going to preach, and it doesn't have anything to do with that. Or it may be that they're preaching, and I just call it talking because they're not really preaching. Preaching means bringing forth the gospel. Most of those that preach are just talking. And they get up and they talk, and they may give an oblique reference back to the Scripture passage to this and that, but they really don't adhere to the Word. And that's just in the teaching and the preaching. But here's where it really hits the fan. What about in the day in and day out of life? Do you hear the Word of God coming from each other? Now, I'm not talking about the ability to stand there and go all Jack Van Impey on somebody, <laughs> okay? He has an amazing memory is able to memorize entire portions of the Bible, right? And say chapter and verse for everything. Well, that's fine. That's useful. That's okay. But no, I'm talking about does the Word of God, does it flow from you? Not piously thumping somebody over the head, okay, with the Word, but speaking forth the Word, prophesying, which means to speak forth, the Word of God on an ongoing basis. That it's just as natural to speak forth the truth of the Word of God as it is to declare your affiliation for your favorite college football team. You know, I think that most of us are not quite there, and that's been to our detriment because of what Jesus says right here. Your Word is truth, and your Word is what will sanctify us. Well, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. I'll see you again next time.